0: What happens when a blind man, a woman of color, and a child of immigrants get together to discuss how diversity,
1: inclusion, and equity affect your business? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Choose Inclusion podcast. I'm Yubi, and I am the Latino white guy of the group.
2: I'm Nina, I am the woman of color in the group.
0: And I'm Mike, I'm uh, the blind guy.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Choose Inclusion podcast. We have a super special guest with us today and I'm so excited to introduce her. She's a good friend of Mike, Yubi and myself. We've been working with her for years. She's the director of diversity and inclusion strategy at Charles Schwab. She's also the founder of an incredible startup called Equally and is the creator of the Lady Coders Conference. That's so please welcome Elaine Marino.
0: We are we are in the presence of true greatness right now, guys. Oh, stop. Yeah.
2: This
1: is like the paparazzi getting into the building. I don't know about you, Mike, but I uh, was I was blinded by the light, I, oh. the flashes. I'd say I'm wow. going to take
0: a picture, but I don't know if I'm going to na- get it or not. Like, yeah. uh, uh, You're gonna have to stay talking, Elaine, so I know that you. I know. Um, We're just really excited
1: to be here with with you.
3: I'm excited to be here with all of you. These are some of my favorite people in the whole wide world.
2: And we have so many questions for you. Okay. And so I wanted to dive into it right away. Go for it. If it's okay with you guys. Hit it, jump Um. So Elaine, I think one of the big questions that I have that I think you have a deep level of expertise on is the idea around building companies where you have offices scattered around the country and each one has its own culture, its own vibe, its own kind of community. And yet, when companies, especially big national companies, are building out diversity and inclusive and diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. initiatives, they're thinking it through a lens of maybe what's happening in HQ or what's happening in like the microcosm. We see this a lot in the Silicon Valley world, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I would love to start hearing kind of your thoughts about. How does a company who's building out a DEI plan really think about all the micro-cultures that are built into a company?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's very layered. The first step, honestly, is no different than any other DEI plan, which is you have to have leadership buy-in. You have to have the leaders at the very top, the ones that are making the decision for all locations to not just be um, <clears throat> supportive, but to be like the, the champion they have to to truly make that kind of change across hundreds of different locations and to get all of your people on board it has to start at the very very top and what i find interesting in doing this work is that people are at different stages of their diversity and inclusion journeys Mm -hmm. Um, and even the most allied leaders haven't necessarily had their their heart change yet, right? It's one thing to change their mind. It's one thing for them to see the bottom line numbers. It's one thing for them to recognize that it's important and it's the right thing to do. And it's a whole other thing for them to have a moment of recognition of, wow, um, this is more than just business. Like, this is at my core of who I am as a leader, and I want to make this change. And then that's where, once you have that level of buy-in, Yes, it's still difficult because you've got to make all those like little micro buy-ins at all the other locations, but not as much because people get on board. They truly follow the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. That's part of the job um, is both the business um, side of convincing the leaders, but also the true heart and mind side coming together. Um, I will say that as far as the the disbursement of the country goes, You'll see, I mean, it's no surprise that everyone's very divided, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's very divided politically, socioeconomically, uh, racially. There's just a lot of division.
2: There's a lot of anger and shame in the world
3: right now. And there's a ton of anger and shame um, on coming at all sides. And I will say that one thing I'm finding fascinating and I'm working through is how to support people in different parts of the country because mm-hmm. they're, what they're experiencing is different in different parts of the country. Right. Um And so uh, kind of figuring out those nuances. And what I've kind of come to just a higher level is um, how do we help the people that are on the front lines um, deal with client bias, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Deal with uh, when clients come to the table with their own opinions about what should and shouldn't be happening. And so that is uh, something I'm starting to try and tackle. And it really is as simple as arming them with, um, how do I put it, people skills they're not equipped to have, right? They're all there to to serve a client with whatever need it is that they're coming to the table with, right? Whether it's a financial services or some other um, industry. And so they're not equipped to uh, do what we do, actually, mm-hmm. and see where the the negativity or the microaggression or the bias is coming from right. and tackle it.
1: Well, and I think what you're uh, alluding to with everything you just talked about is this is not an easy thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't just, okay, we're gonna roll out our DEI strategy across all the offices. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's not a rollout kind of thing. I mean, this is really, um, this is really a thing that that has threads Through every single thing and and to your point like every one of those threads is different can be very different and so so like how do you then tackle the scope of that when I think we have all seen this in most cases when you are given very little resources yeah and you have a very small team sometimes there's only one person Mm -hmm. who's in charge of all of this Mm -hmm. how do you how do you even look at that daunting task and and move forward.
3: Honestly, I actually think it's fairly simple, Um, especially when you're in a a really large organization and there's just a small group of you. You go with the leader that is the most supportive and you um, work on his or her organization uh, top to bottom and go really deep, like take a really deep slice of the pie there and kind of leave the rest to just be for a while.
2: So how do you identify who that leader is that you're gonna kind of go deep with?
3: You know what's interesting? That's a really good question. I think some, they sort of raise their hand. Uh, they want to get to know you because what I find fascinating about being the diversity and inclusion person is that people think that you're like the HR police or that you're the, the shame police. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, and first of all, I always have to tell people, I'm like, gosh, I've never been in human resources in my life. Like this isn't a human resources issue. It's a it's a humanity Mm -hmm. issue and it's an it's an innovation and a transformation. Um, I like that. Yeah. Innovation and transformation. It's about innovation and transformation. Like that's where I see it living. And so for me, I always kind of have a hard time wrapping my head around that. But what I find in being having sort of that that label is that you find people that either come up to you immediately and are like, I so believe in this, I'm so glad you're here, let's partner together, let's do this. And then you have people that are like, you're like a pariah. They just walk up, and you know me, I'm like super friendly. So I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean you don't like me? (laughs) Like, what do you mean I'm not charming? <laughs> well, I, That's for another podcast.
0: Yeah. Well, Elaine, I, I, I love it. And I, 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 and I know we share the same um, thought process, all of us on here. But I, I'm always saying that like the DE&I space within the Fortune 10,000 space and beyond is truly the heartbeat of the Fortune 10,000, right? And it's, it, it sounds so touchy-feely. However, the statistics are uh, overwhelmingly supportive of organizations who truly embrace DEI initiatives outperform like their peers within within the same verticals. Mm-hmm. So, do you bring like okay? So it's great to you know you have again whether it's this organization or other organizations like how often are you bringing up those type statistics um, you know to sway because it's you know because people people will will move a little bit you know based on a leader. However, when you when you support mm-hmm. it with data, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I and I know you. So, I'd, I'd love to know how you you know strategically you know put some of the data into your overall communication.
3: Yeah, I think the data the data is critical. I actually can say that I've spent the majority of my time getting the data, because I do think, going back to what I was saying about changing leaders' hearts, mm-hmm. first got to start with the mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so you yep. start with the mind, and, and the mind is the, the data and the statistics. And really, because they're business professionals, they want to know how it's truly impacting their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And so anything you can tie to the financial side of how it's real impact to their loss of talent, their loss of revenue, um, gets them to pay attention <clears throat> and then once you have their attention uh, you start to go a little deeper mm-hmm. with them on trying to um, get them to understand the importance of it uh, for their their organization um, but what I find most fascinating and this is really the most difficult part is I think that most people don't need that much convincing they they're that we're at a we're at a kind of a point where I haven't seen a lot of people saying this doesn't matter. What I hear them say is, is I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to do. Tell it's me like, what right. to do. How how yeah. how how, how? And yeah, they want yeah, yeah. to. You alluded to this, UB, They want like a. Um, a silver bullet. They want to know right. like the one thing, and it's not. It's actually the a next. lot of micro behavioral yeah. changes. Absolutely. Yeah. That There's no, turn magic, it. Pixie There's no magic pixie <laughs> <Really>? dust. There's no magic pixie dust. Oh,
2: I have the magic pix- pixie dust, uh, but you know, I just don't share it. <laughs> 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 is that what you're drinking right now? <laughs> 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 cheers! I cheers! Not, well, I, don't I, think I mean, that's that,
1: dust, yeah. That is a great point because I think that that's, you know, the, the, I think one of the main things we hear. Uh, Nina, you can back me up on this a little bit. Is well, two things. One is no idea where to get started. Yeah. The other thing is, can we? Is there way we can get this done in
3: five minutes? Yeah, it's
2: the time thing. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like, oh, I don't have time for DEI, so
3: it can, just can't I, do it. <laughs> and I will tell DEI professionals, I have come to the the biggest lesson recently, which is it is much longer than you think it's going to be. Oh, absolutely. Like it is. This is a patience game for sure.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Because you really are, you're, you're approaching, let's say you're approaching a a big company and there's a thousand people in the room. And and Mike, I've seen you give these talks to that kind of size crowd and you're getting people at so many different stages. You know, some people in that room have been marginalized their whole lives and have been waiting for this moment for the rest of their colleagues to be woke. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have people on the other side of the spectrum are like, why are we having this conversation? This doesn't This doesn't pertain to us or to me or to this company. And this isn't anyone's business. And so the patience of moving everyone along and making sure different people's needs are met along the way so that those that are the most marginalized still feel seen, heard, and like something is happening, right, while you're still over at the other end of the spectrum. And what Mike was saying, you know, bringing up, like, this is why it's important. This Mm -hmm. is why it's important to business. And, cha- and slowly changing their minds as well. So I would say patience, understanding that people are different parts of their journey. And honestly, I think one of the, I don't know, I want to say funnest parts, but I start to when I start to see people break to the, like the next level of their journey, then I'm like saying things I never thought I would say in the business world, like, you should read White Fragility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's That's a what, journey though. Totally, right? but when you see somebody yep. like get to that next level of like, Oh, I understand my role that I'm playing here. What yeah. should I do next? And you're like, well, now you're ready to really understand the systemic uh, place that we're in. Um, or just even smaller things, you know, you I, I have been genuinely surprised though at, Part of the reason why this is such a hot topic of conversation is I think people are really craving it. Going back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. Nina, about like the, the whole country is angry and in shame. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as you create the space to have the conversation, even at the most basic level of inclusion, I, I'm seeing people light up in a way that I have been very surprised about. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I feel like in the organization, well, this is, you know, yes, people are feeling shamed and they're angry. A lot of people are doing in love to get your input on this because I think there's, you know, leadership, they 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 love to hear themselves speak. Right. Like we just we just know that. Right. So, however, like when you went on this journey, like it's not just being spoke at. Right. Like there's got to be a component where are there who's doing the listening? Right, Do we, are we creating that safe space for people to actually listen to what else is being said out there, right? So when you're talking about organizations that are, you know, as many thousand teammates as you work with and for, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what's your strategy on actually the listening component from a leadership perspective?
2: Thanks for listening to the Choose Inclusion podcast. Tune in for part two of this episode next Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can see closed captioning for this podcast on our YouTube channel. We'll continue to publish brand new episodes on the first Thursday of every month. Our podcast is recorded at the Inclusion Lab in downtown Denver, Colorado. Check out inclusionlaboratory.com for more information. You can find us online on our website at chooseinclusion.com and contact us on Twitter at chooseinclusion.